bruh, the cap space this team has? Like, I want to know, how should they spend this money? Hi, you're now listening to the Bare Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Well, it's week 14. The Bears have the week off, but here on the Bare Minimum Podcast, we take no weeks off. Marshall Harris here with former NFL tight end and Chicago Bears fanboy, Clay Harbor. (laughs) Talking all things football, and just because we have the week off doesn't mean we're not doing big things and talking football. We've got from PFF, Mike Renner, the lead draft analyst, knows all things football. Mike, thanks for joining us, Clay. I know you're happy to have him on. And really, we have questions, Mike, because everyone in Chicago these days has questions when it comes to football after watching a team go 3-10. and ten, Actually, after watching a team start the season 2-1 and one and then lose their nine of their last 10 games. Uh, currently, that's a six-game losing streak if, you, if you're counting at all. Before we get to the questions, I got a question for you, Marshall. This What's is, get, okay, I'm going to give you three guesses to how Mike and I met, and I, I bet you don't get this, get this right. So we'll let you start three. off here. Three guesses. You get three guesses. Okay, how guess number one. Guess, guess number one, in the streets. Out in Chicago, just like having beers and stuff? No, that's, that's wrong. Mike, oh, we have done that. We have done that. Yeah. yeah, we have. Okay. Guest number two in the DMs. No, we were both talking football, but we didn't like say, hey, man, I really like your football takes here, man. You got some great grading grades on this guy. Like, but Mike gave me I'm some. I'm not a female <laughs> either. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. I'll not... say that in the DMs, like, you wrote something nasty about Clay, and Clay responded in your DMs. Yeah, yeah. No, like, no, Mike no, gave no. me some below average grades back in the day. Mike, I, I love how Mike just took that, that to a man. different level immediately. Don't think he I didn't know about the well, grades you used to give me, Mike. So don't think that's not. That's not. All right. So those are my two guesses. My third guess. My third guess would be you were introduced through a mutual friend. No, man, you're, you're wrong, and I doubt anybody's going to put this one together. But okay, uh, Give it to me, Clay. Tell me how you guys met. Me and Mike were both contestants on the same season of The Bachelorette. So Mike was on Becca's season of The Bachelorette, and I was as well. And I remember that the funniest part about this is is we put the first night we're playing basketball, right, and we get a hoop out there, and I, I – personally remember mike comes on and tries to guard me this is on air i have verified footage of this this is on air okay mike, mike steps up and he's trying to guard me and i hit him with a crossover and splash a jump shot in his eye and tell me if i'm wrong mike i mean come on he did this i'm, I'm not debating any of that that was all factual <laughs> i was also wearing a suit and i remember i told everyone i was like i'm not splitting my pants like i, I am whatever i do i'm not gonna be the guy <laughs> that splits his pants night one so i was taking it very easy no, okay. but Mike's actually a really good athlete, which is um, 
which is funny. He, he, he actually got some freaking bunnies, man. For a white dude, you heard this, this saying, white men can't jump. I think Mike might just be an albino brother or something because this dude's got some hops. This dude's I'm got in my some 30s hops. now, though. It's, it's, gotten, it's gotten away from me a little. I'm not still windmilling like I used to be able to, but I, I can still throw down every now and then. You still throw down, huh? Wait, Clay, can yeah. you still dunk? Man, come on, man. I'm, I'm going to be able to dunk until the day they put me six feet under. I'm, I'm the reason definitely I ask is the story would have been much more impressive. Like you shot a J. Everybody can shoot a J. But if you crossed him up and then dunked, okay, then I would have been more impressed. That's all I'm saying. We're in dress shoes, okay? And like Mike said, we're all wearing suits. Oh, and, you know, yeah, I like okay. my suits a little bit tighter than most people. I'm struggling to breathe, but I still had enough to cross over Mike, man. I'm you know, hitting him with the, the, the hesitation. But anyways... Okay, I appreciate Mike being here, and we got to get into it. This guy's time's precious. It's football season. Mike, uh, Mike is PFF Mike on Twitter. So we got some questions with him about the Bears. Mike has great takes all the times. So the first thing I'd ask you is going moving forward, obviously this season hasn't been a good one for the Bears, but the first and, and, and biggest question is, do you think Justin Fields is the guy? Yes. Oh, Resoundly, yes. I thought he was the guy coming out of college. I couldn't believe he slipped out of the top 10. Um, and it goes back to, I mean, it's predicated a lot on his rushing ability. I don't think you can understate how valuable that is. You know, he is carried, like, they, there is no, you know, objectively take him out of the picture. Just the rest of the supporting cast, you're saying bottom five in the NFL. And so that should be a bottom five, you know, scoring offense if you have an average quarterback behind him. But he's elevated it to so much more. I think you're seeing it around the rest of the NFL with what Jalen Hurts is doing this yeah. year with the Eagles, with what Lamar Jackson has done, with maybe not the best talent around him over his course of time with the Ravens, that when you have that guy that every defense has to account for, it not only makes your life easier as a play caller and as a whole offense, it's going to make Justin Fields' life easier as a passer. And I think we've already seen big strides from year one to year two. And that's really all you're looking for from a young guy like that is, is he improving? And I think that's a resound yes from Justin Fields because his physical ability is, you know, as good as it gets in the NFL. So if he just keeps that improvement going as a passer, he can reach a pinnacle that few guys can. Mike, I, I, I draw the, the, the Jalen Hurts comparison all the time because we saw Jalen Hurts. Everybody was questioning if he could do it in the NFL because they hadn't seen him do it yet in the NFL. That's kind of where I am. I agree with everything you've said. I'm a little different because I wasn't necessarily all in. I can't believe he slipped out of the top 10. Maybe that aspect. But I was like, okay, he clearly has tools. But as we've seen with so many young quarterbacks, if you don't put them in a position to succeed, they can flame out, end up on another team, end up out of the league. I mean, it can go all kinds of ways, no matter how talented you think a guy is. My last thing for him is, and maybe you don't put as much importance on this, is I just need to see him win a game with his arm. And I haven't seen that yet. I mean, he's coming off, obviously – the best week uh, from an, I guess, analytics standpoint, what he was able to do passing the football, even though he threw a couple of picks, um, we don't have to say they're both his fault. But I will say this, like, if he can just win one of these games, they've lost 10 games, seven of them, they've had a chance to win at the end of the game. If he can just win one, I think it would do so much for everyone, for himself, for his teammates. I think the coaching staff already believes in him, but just for the fan base, just like, okay, he's the guy who can get it done with it. Because in the NFL, at the end of the day, if you're a quarterback, you got to be able to do it with your arm in high-leverage situations at the end of the game. And I'm going to argue that because some of these games, like you look you look at the Miami game, uh, Mike's, Mike's boy uh, from, from Notre Dame, Mike's a Notre Dame guy, Equinemius St. Brown, ball slips right through his hands on, on fourth down. You look at uh, last week, the first interception. The guy started stopping his route. 
It took him 10, 10 yards. He was like Fred Flintstone trying to change directions. He just kept, kept hopping. I'm like, what is going on with this route? Lower your shoulders, get in and out of the brakes. You know, he's a big guy. Then the, the defensive back undercuts him. Very poor route. Interception. So, I mean, there's been Amir Smith-Marset fumble on a drive down against the Vikings. This is out of context, bro. Like, this isn't nothing that field anything that fields did in my opinion obviously maybe he could did better but a lot of these drives at the end if you look out of if you look out of context yeah he didn't win the game but when you really watch it he was putting the ball where it needed to be placed yeah i truly think this past weekend was some of the best football he's played as a passer at the very least and i, I do agree like that that is the one part where you're still like you know, crunch time, you can't use the threat of the read option. You have to pass it, two-minute drill, whatever. Can he get it done? And, yeah, he's come up short. And, again, as Clay alluded to, sometimes that's not his fault. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing is that not a lot of quarterbacks, and especially in today's NFL what we're seeing, and Aaron Rodgers is dealing with this too, not a lot of quarterbacks are going to be able to do drop-back pass, operate high-level drop-back passing games when your top – Options are a guy like Equinemius St. Brown, are guys who are legitimate number four wide receivers on other teams <laughs> yeah. when you have to feature those guys and ask them to win one-on-ones. Like, it would be malpractice to go drop back heavy passing offense, put it all on his arm. It's like, no, you've got to protect uh, him and himself because there's not going to be options for him. So uh, I think what their plan and how they brought him along this year is great, like continuing the run heavy stuff, continuing to say – hey, we'll just put a little more on your plate every single week, give you a little bit more and not really expect you, not expect this year to be the year that we come back into, you know, a contender in the NFC because the talent just isn't around him to do that. So the fact that we've seen growth is to me the bigger thing because it reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts. Like last year, Jalen Hurts had the exact same concern, yeah. exact same ones. Year three, what happened? He's in the yeah. MVP conversation. Like for young quarterbacks, guys who only played, you know, it's, little football as he did with a year and a half really of collegiate production and only 21 years of age coming into the NFL. It's not this easy learning curve that we maybe have come to expect yeah. with older guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, four year starters or fifth year coming out of college. Like that's not Justin Fields. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, So that. I think those are the biggest thing with him. Wow. All right. And then looking forward to, to next season, right? Cause the bears fans, we don't have much to look forward to this year, you know, a couple games and, I want to know, in your opinion, what are the biggest needs for the Bears moving into the draft, moving into free agency? Is it a foregone conclusion if they have the second pick? It's Will Anderson. I mean, Jalen Carter's been a name thrown down. Should they trade back and maybe take care of a number of needs? What do you think the biggest needs are? You've heard offensive line. Obviously, I think edge, rusher, defensive interior are my two picks, but there's a lot of holes in this defense. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, you could throw a dart at this roster and probably find a position of need. You know, outside of really quarterback and running back, you know, tight end probably, there's not a lot of positions I'm not willing to address in the draft. So it's really going to come yeah. down to, like, talent evaluation at that point, who I think is better. Um, and, and that question you, you say, you know, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter at the top, I think they're going to be in a position to get one of those two guys, and that's surefire stud. You know, there's not every year there's not a guy like that coming out. Last year there was not. You know, Trayvon Walker goes number one because yeah. there's not – as high-end a guy as a Jalen Carter Will Anderson. So you can't really go wrong in that conversation or in that decision. Yeah. Um, but the most glaring needs, if I'm just like, which positions are really untenable on this roster right now that you cannot win with whatsoever? It is the interior of this defensive line. <laughs> I, I do think, like, at edge, you at least have guys in Dominique Robinson, 
uh, and Travis Gibson, who like they could be, they could be something. Interior of this defensive line, you got no one who even like could be something. You're just picking up scraps <laughs> at this point. So interior D line is the biggest one. After that, I would still just love more wide receiver talent. Like give Justin Fields what he had at Ohio State. Give him options because we've seen yeah. him lead high end offenses. We've seen when the situation's good, he can take it to a level that few can. So just try to win through that because he's already given you this high floor offense that you uh, desperately were looking for. Take it to another level, and I, I think this offense can win you games, despite even if you don't have the greatest defense. There doesn't seem to be much talent, like the free agent market and wide receiver. I mean, like Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Like, I mean, there's not much out there as far as the draft is concerned. Is there is there some big time receivers you see that the Bears could take, or maybe some, you know, second round draft picks that could possibly be, you know, a guy that could could step in and really help Fields in the second year. Well, I think that's why they made that Claypool trade. It's because they're looking at this next year and why they didn't make that move maybe early in the season or last offseason. It's because they're looking at this upcoming class. They have a ton of cap space, and they're like, man, there's no receivers out here. Yeah. And this upcoming draft class of wide receivers, there's not a lot of guys that I would put in that you know number one type of wide receiver category. Yeah. And, again, where they will be drafting, you're going to want a defensive lineman. Like, those yeah. are the blue-chip positions in the top five to ten picks. Wide receiver you can usually find later on in the draft. But I – I just don't love this receiver draft class. Quentin Johnston, the TCU wide receiver, he's wide receiver one, the PFF draft board. But even he's more, much more of a project than you know Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake yeah. London, the guys we saw come out this past year. So it is definitely a down wide receiver yeah. class. It's one that you just may not find it this year. Um, and, and if you do, it may have to be a little later on taking a swing at maybe like an Uber athlete who may not be that polished. No, yeah, it's unfortunate because the Bears could have used, like, Olave is looking unbelievable. Drake London, some of these young guys, I mean, incredible. So I got a couple of names from the Bears, Bear, Bears fans like, love, and want to know more about. So I'm going to throw out yeah. a couple of names, and you give me your opinion on these guys. And uh, Marshall knows the first guy I'm going to say. I love this guy. I love this guy. I talk about him probably a little too much. If I bought a Bears jersey, it would probably be this guy. Uh, give me your thoughts on Jack Sanborn because this dude's been making plays. Okay, I'm watching this film. This guy's he's avoiding blocks. He's going through blocks. He's all over the field. He has been playing perfect. But I say this guy should be the Bears' starting middle linebacker next year. Marshall's like, hey, slow, slow down. Like, let's not get carried away. But give me your thoughts on him first and foremost. I remember one of my friends who's a Wisconsin fan texting me before the draft last year and actually asked me about Jack Sanborn. He's like, you know, what do you think of him as a prospect? And I said, he's the linebacker that there's like one every year that goes in the fourth or fifth round because he doesn't tick the measurable boxes. He doesn't yeah. necessarily have the high end speed or the explosiveness or whatever you want that teams covet highly. Goes in the fourth or fifth round. And then you're happy as hell to have him as your starting linebacker for the next eight to 10 years. It's yeah. like, yeah, oh, maybe wow. he's not going to look like Fred Warner ever. Yeah. That's, not, that's not the kind of athlete he is. He's not going to look said like that, a Look like Fred Warner. I was literally random. Sorry here, but I was in the gym the other day at Lifetime Fitness, and this guy comes up to me, and he's like, you know who you look like? I thought it was like some Bachelorette fanboy or something. I'm like, oh, get, get the hell out of here, man. We're in a freaking gym. You're going to come up with, come to me with this Bachelorette. He goes, you look like Fred Warner. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That guy's a stud. But, that's actually uh, – that's, that's not a bad cop. But so he doesn't look like Clay Harbor either. Doesn't look like yeah. Fred Warner or Clay Harbor. <laughs> yeah. But he is going to produce in the middle of your defense consistently because he sees the game at a high level. He does the little things that you need to do at the linebacker position. And 
I think we've seen that. And I couldn't believe you fell as the UDFA. That part blew my mind because of some of the guys that usually go sixth, seventh round. Like, yeah, I think he's a much better prospect than any of those guys. So, yeah, that's how I feel about Jack Sanborn. And I, I think he's definitely a guy that, I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call him a building block, but linebacker is one of those positions that if you have a guy like him, you're not going to need to address it. You're not going to, you're not going to go searching for higher end because you're happy as hell with him. I okay, love it. Mike, Mike, I'm with you on that. But I just want to point something out. That's, what I was that's not for. how Clay was describing. He was like, Marshall, uh, so in 15 years, when we drive to Canton together to go see him <laughs> get inducted into the Hall of Fame and shrine, um, do you think he'll like sign my T-shirt with his bust on it? That's how he was talking. You see what I'm saying? All right, so, that's a little bit. Uh... Clay's in Jack's DMs. That's Clay's the one DM and him. Clay's in Jack's DMs. I'm Absolutely. a big fan. It would mean so much to me if you if you just replied. Please just say hi, Mr. Sanborn. Listen, there's been no bigger fanboy of Jack Sanborn than this guy Clay Harbor. And I, you know what? I'm here for it. You know, I'm glad that there's something on this defense to be excited about because Mike, as you look at the Bears' defense. Um, I know they've had injuries, but even before the injuries, since let's just say the trade of uh, Quinn and Smith, Roquan Smith, they, they, they are they the worst defense in the league? Uh, I would probably put the Texans as the worst defense in the league, but they're okay. close. They're bottom three. I think comfortably bottom three. But I, but I think they're going about this the right way in that, you know, if they didn't trade Roquan Smith, they never would have really known what they had in a Jack Sanborn. Like they're giving those young guys an opportunity. They're doing the rebuild correctly in that they're giving all these young guys every opportunity to sink or swim. And you're seeing who's sinking and you're seeing who's swimming. And now you know how to adequately go through and build your roster this off season. Whereas if you kept Roquan and then let him walk at the end of the year, maybe you would have gone out and drafted a linebacker, uh, you know, in the third round and, and still never know what you had in Jack Sanborn as a gamer when he hit the field. Yeah. I, I think the big thing for me is, Look, I love the teardown. I was like, look, Justin Fields is going to cook. Just don't let him cook enough to win seven, eight games, and then you're in real trouble because you're in no man's land, and now you've got a mid-teens draft pick. They're going to have a top five pick, probably top three, probably top two, let's be honest. And as you said, you can sort out on defense who you want to actually keep and figure out what you really need. But I want to talk about – you guys talking about the draft. That's cool and all. bro. the cap space this team has – like, I want to know, how should they spend this money? I, look, I'm not Ryan Poles. I don't necessarily envy Ryan Poles. But if I was a GM, I would envy the, the flexibility he has right now. He'll never be, have more flexibility than he has in this moment coming up this offseason. Yeah. Don't do what the Jaguars did. I mean, they look, they're in trouble still. Trent Baalke spent all that money, and guess what? Look at all the holes they got this year. And now they're in a cap problem. I mean, that is exactly That's- what you don't want to do. That hit the nail on the head there. Don't you have all this cap space? Don't be a kid in a candy store because you can make a ton of moves, but I still think realistically you're probably playing for two years from now in terms of like Super Bowl window. You want it to be going the right way. You want to solidify this roster without saying, let me go spend $25 million to add a wide receiver. You know, let me go out and get a Kenny Galladay like the Giants did, thinking that was their window. No, I think you spend the money wisely and just try to plug the holes where holes need to be plugged, whether that's what we just mentioned with defensive tackle being so bad. Maybe go out and get a guy who's a real deal, you know, run defender. At least shore up this run defense. Go out and get someone who can be that guy in the middle of your defense after you've lost, you know, Keem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, all the guys that were there when they were such a good defense. And then plug up this offensive line. You know, we said there's no real wide receivers in free agency worth throwing the money at. I think if you roll into uh, next year with Claypool and Mooney as your one-two, that's fine, but you would – 
ultimately like that to be better somewhere down the line. But again, cap space doesn't go away. It rolls over in the NFL. So if you don't use it next year, you'll have even more in that next season. So I think they have a shrewd spending plan this upcoming spring where it's plug holes, get starters at positions that we have real liabilities, whether that's center along the offensive line, whether that's, you know, again, defensive tackle, like we've mentioned, plug those holes. And then really, if you're going to shoot the moon and make a big deal for like, uh, you know, trade a first for AJ Brown, one of those type of deals like the Eagles made, do that two years from now. So I got one for you here. I got a couple more questions, Mike, before we'll, uh, we'll let you go, man. Um, the Bears offensive line, right? So this is something I've been having a back and forth with with the city of Chicago on Twitter, <laughs> on my Twitter. I'm saying the Bears offensive line isn't that bad. And, you know, I like to – and I just from what I'm seeing, I think they're middle-of-the-road type and they're even getting better, I think, to where they're getting into the upper half of the league. And I think they're a middle-of-the-road – everybody in Chicago swears they're the worst offensive line in the league. And I'm trying to tell them, like, if you watch the tape, you got to watch tape from other teams – this offensive line isn't bad. Braxton Jones is, is impressive. Tevin Jenkins, in my opinion, is top three guard. This guy's incredible. Watching him on tape. Top three guard on the Bears? No, man. <laughs> Tevin Jenkins is, is my favorite player in the Bears to watch on tape, besides Justin Fields, obviously. And then I think, obviously, Mustafer's not great, but you get Lucas Patrick back next year. Riley Reef, Larry Borm at right tackle. I think both those guys are okay. And then uh, Michael Schofield or... Uh, Cody Whitehair, I think, are guys that can get the job done. And in PFF, you guys have them rated as the 12th best offensive line right now. So I'm just curious, your take on the Chicago Bears offensive line situation. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's nearly as dire as we thought it might be coming into the season because of the leaps from Tevin Jenkins, because Braxton Jones, a fifth rounder, looks like he can actually start at the NFL level. Yeah. Like they, when, we just thought, you know, fifth-round tackle, and like they were forced <laughs> to do it, obviously, based off their decisions. Fifth-round tackle from, I believe, it was Southern Utah. Yeah. It's like – They had zero That wins. usually, does, that usually doesn't end well. Yeah. So um, I, I think he's probably your left tackle of the future. I think Jenkins is your right guard of the future. I think Whitehair is a solid left guard. After that, I think center, right tackle are up for grabs. Center, right tackle are two positions you would just like to get better at. Yeah, you got Alex Leatherwood in the fold now who you hope develops, yeah, you know, lives up to his too. first round. I, I liked him as a project coming out, but that's what he was, a project. Raiders just obviously didn't give him enough time to come to fruition and realize that. Uh, but I always thought he was, one, a tackle, not a guard, and they, they played him at guard in, or excuse me, in Las Vegas. And, and two, was going to take two to three years to really blossom and come to fruition. And that's not uncommon along the offensive line. That's a very common career path. So I, I think it's a great developmental piece to have in the fold. Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. And like, even the 12, here's the thing, Clay, you're, you're taking what the Bears fans on Twitter are saying a little too, too like, without peeling back the lens of their fans. So they want like a top line, not just, mm -hmm. you know, average yeah. is not good enough. And I understand they started the season with these low expectations for the line. And I think Mike, you'll agree with this. It, it, it's, they're better than we thought they were going to be, number one. But also, They've got room to develop because they have a young team. Like their timeline of maybe, you know, competing for a championship and going to take the steps of, you know, make the playoffs, you know, have experiences doing that. I think in their timeline, they can take on maybe more of a project approach with some of these players uh, like a Braxton than, than other teams could because they're trying to win now. We knew the Bears weren't trying to win now. We're trying to figure out what we can get on the cheap and then develop other things. No, I love it. Okay, Mike, last question for you. Actually, I got two more. 
I want to know your thoughts. I'm sorry. I want to know your thoughts because I got to know what you think about Valus Jones because he's a guy that, you know, people get, he, Polls have been getting criticized for drafting him as a third-round pick. Some people are saying the guy was a fifth-rounder. Some people are saying he should have been undrafted. This guy has hands like if I, if I expected, like if I've never seen Marshall try to catch a football, but if I were to like expect how Marshall would catch a football, it would be how Valus Jones does, and that's just not very good. So what are your thoughts on Valus Jones? Do you think this guy can turn into something? It Was this a wasted third-round pick? Like what do we got here? It was one of my least favorite picks in the draft, I'll say. I I just, there's not a great track record uh, of one super old wide receivers. You know, (laughs) usually wide receiver, wide receiver, it's called a skill position because there is an innate skill to getting open and catching a football. Like those are things that are difficult to develop skill wise. Like you have, you oftentimes you have that or you don't. In you, And so when a guy takes until, I, I believe it was his sixth year in college at Tennessee, after he started at USC, I believe, sixth year in college to really wow. like turn on and be that guy. And if you've watched Tennessee's offense at all, you know that they're running like three or four routes as an outside receiver. They're running goes, they're running slant, um, and they're running post. So he's not run a full route tree coming out of Tennessee. Yeah, incredible speed, incredible natural athlete. But the skill aspect, I'm very worried about, and yeah. because it's just it's not a thing you see develop. Where would you have taken him? Like, what was your projection? I, I thought he was like a fifth, sixth rounder. I, I yeah. thought he was a guy that, if you want just speed, if yeah. you want just a guy who's in the slot can go straight vertical in your offense because you have maybe slower receivers on the outside, whatever you need that aspect. Cool, he brings it. But if you want like an actual receiver, like a guy who you're going to feature in your progression at all and it just i just didn't see it on tape at tennessee and obviously now with chicago it's not been much better and at 25 years old it's like yeah man i don't know where you go i'm completely with mike i was like okay he's fast that's cool but like can he catch and run and do the things that receivers can do and if he can why it's i was like how did we get here and and you know as a return man okay but you know he couldn't even hold on the ball returning you know, so like it, you're trying to figure out how does he fit into the grand scheme of things at that high of a pick. Wasn't even a real punt returner. Okay, and then um, last one for you today. I'm a big fan of this guy, but Khalil Herbert, do we have a star here? Like him versus David Montgomery. I want to know your thoughts and comparison on that. And then is Khalil Herbert, I mean, is a guy's averaging six yards a pop? Like this guy's, I mean, that's explosive. I've been on, I mean, this guy's looks great. Do we have a superstar here? And how do you compare him versus Montgomery? I loved Herbert coming out. I could not believe he fell to where he did. We, we had him, like, we don't even like running backs on the PFF draft board. We, like, you know, obviously we were, like, the known haters. But he was 91st on the PFF draft board. Um, his last year at Virginia Tech was, he was one of the best running backs in the country. Now, Virginia Tech didn't do much, but he was averaging, like, seven-plus per carry. Uh, much more explosive than David Montgomery. He's not quite the between-the-tackles grind out tough yards the way Montgomery does. But when you have two guys that can run in like the four fours in your backfield, I would rather have that with Justin Fields. You know, I don't yeah. need to grind it out between the tackles. I want big play out of my running game because you can generate that when you have a guy like Justin Fields. So um, truthfully, if I'm picking between the two, I'd rather have Herbert right now. So I think this off season, yeah. if you're looking at Montgomery's expiring contract, let, I can let him walk. I, I can let him walk out that door because I like what I have in Khalil Herbert. I, I think he's a real deal. Now, maybe he's 
maybe you can say he's not a bell cow. Maybe he needs to be part of a rotation. Sure. But yeah. loaded running back class coming up in the draft, take another one in the fifth round, you know, like you did Herbert and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle again. But yeah, Herbert deserves at least a shot at this point to carry the workload. Love it. Love it. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming on, man. We won't take any more of your time. Follow this guy on Twitter at PFF Mike. Um, I'm going to pull up the clip of me crossing you over on the Bachelorette, though. I'm going to share that one, too. We get that deleted off the internet. You don't need to, like, promote him in that manner. We can take something from this show and promote his excellence and knowledge, not you (laughs) getting a lucky spin at him when he had pants on and didn't want to split his pants. Bro, we all had the same pants on. end of the day, you know, results. I don't care if a guy, you know, on the Bears is like, yo, it was rain and I dropped. You still dropped the ball. You still got crossed over, and you got these buckets. So... Hey, I made I made up for it in the football when we played football. I oh yeah, Mike. No, Mike's legit football. We had a football day too. That's where I broke my stinking wrist. But Mike was—he's a player, man. This guy's not just talking football. This guy knows it. Going to battle with this guy, man. The last football game I ever played was with PFF Mike. Okay, yeah. all those games I played over yeah over a hundred. He games. retired you. He retired you. No, we were on the same team, bro. Yeah. No, oh, it's fine. Uh, it was much more dramatic if you were tired. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. But all right, Mike, we'll let you get out of here, bro. Appreciate you. All right, for sure, fellas. Thanks for having me on. So, Marshall, Mike's great. That guy, talk about a wealth of knowledge and information. Incredible, right? Pro football yeah. focus, the lead analyst. Like, this guy, Mike's big time. You know, Mike's big time. He knows his stuff. And I think that's interesting. Some of the takes he had, some of the takes I had. Jack Sanborn, Steele, Valus Jones, taken way too high. Khalil Herbert, the real deal. You know, he saw, he saw, he's seeing what we're seeing. And that's you know just what, he, like, where, what it reminds me of just the whole conversation we had. You're going to have hits. You're going to have misses. You just need to have more hits than misses. And your misses yeah. can't be awful. Your, your misses can't be first round misses for sure. Yeah. Really, hopefully not first, second, or third round misses. Hopefully your yeah. misses come after the third round. Is that fair? Yeah, I agree. I, I just want to remind people, uh, Clay, in and out of Chicago, because he is a world traveler. But when he's in Chicago, you got that spot you like to hit, right, Mike? Yeah, man. You know, and when I when we go out, you want to have a good time. We're going to Joy District, the sponsor of the show. First level, I'll say you go and watch the sports bar. It's called Parlay. Great, great place to watch a game. Second level, I'll keep telling you, man. Marshall, Marshall loves it up there. Marshall let it dance. Marshall let it dance. Still Joy District. I just want to Marshall let it dance. Marshall let it dance. And then the top is the cocktail bar. You want a good view of the city. You're out with your girl. Take her on a date. Take her to the top spot. Good view of the city. And speaking of day, you know, I like to share with you guys a little bit of my, um, you know, my, my, my single dating life stories as well as uh, football. And uh, I was at a buddy of mine's event last night, right? He, um, he had an event where he was presenting an award. It was a cool event in New York City. I meet this girl, and uh, she wants to go out and, like, have some drinks after this event. It's getting late, and I'm like, I should probably go home and sleep, but I'm actually kind of interested in this chick. So we go out, and um, we're having drinks, and her friend, who I'm not interested in, it's me, her friend, and my friend, just is just, is just coming at me. She's just, she's just throwing everything she's got at me like she's, she's what do you mean me. give me examples her friend, what is she is, her friend is flirting with me and trying to flirt with me and i'm trying to make it clear that i'm i'm interested in her friend without saying it and like hurting her feelings so basically like i'm juggling this whole thing all night 
with her friend and it made it awkward to the point to where, I mean, I, should I have just been like, hey, like I'm interested in your friend, I'm not interested in you? Or do Wait I just- Wait a minute, tell me, it was, you were the only guy there? I had a buddy. So why didn't your buddy wing it up? He was trying to wing, but she just made it very clear that she didn't want to hear anything he was saying. So, so that's when you have your buddy tell her, you don't have to say anything. A yeah. good wingman can let her know, hey, he's really interested in your friend. Yeah. That's, 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 come on, man. You, you, got, you got to know that's how to handle that person. So what did you do? No, so we ended up hanging out. We ended up um, exchanging Instagrams. And at the end of the day, so I go back and I was going to creep on her on Instagram. And this, this was my, my, my other thing. When we get back and I add her on Instagram, I notice that she's following an incredible amount of, you know, I was on The Bachelor, of, of Bachelor people. And to me, I'm like, okay, this girl definitely knew who I was. And she let on like she didn't because she follows the entire cast of The Bachelor. And to me, that was kind of weird. And I don't know. Like if people I'm, you were on with, like your season? My friends, yeah, people I know, people I was on with, people from, from other seasons. So for me, that's another red flag. Like, okay, this girl literally follows the entire cast of The Bachelor. So hold on. Would you rather have her, her said, hey, oh, you're Clay Harbor from The Bachelor, Clay from The Bachelorette. Is that, is that what you wanted to hear as opposed to you seeing that she followed these people? Or would I mean, that maybe instead of maybe we're having this whole conversation, this whole interaction, uh, and I, I'm under the impression that like she doesn't know anything about me when she's clearly a big reality TV fan. So that's basically my story. I want to know your guys' thoughts or listeners. Let me know. Is that a red flag that she follows all these guys from The Bachelor? And then what do you do in the situation when the friend is clearly interested in you, but you're not interested in her and you're trying to, you're trying to hurt the, her friend? How do you, how do you handle that? We will take this out to the public. That's fine. But I just want to give you my very quick. Number one, the whole purpose of a wingman is to help you keep your eyes on the prize and any other distraction. Part of a wingman, the wingman code is that if there's someone who is getting in the way of you handling your business, the wingman runs, runs the pick and roll. You're only you as know? good as your wingman. You're only as good as your wingman. I, I'm a firm you, believer in that. You, that's on you as a guy who's trying to it's run the play to tell him, hey, no I need you to line. do this. You gotta have a good wingman. What you gotta tell the guy? You did not tell the guy. You gotta tell him, "Hey, I really like this girl. I want you to like do your thing, so I can focus." And you, yeah, he, she blew up your play. Two on the bachelor and bachelorette thing. I don't think it's a red flag, but you, you obviously lived this experience and have 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 had these types of experiences before. I think that's just, yo, the game is the game. You chose to go on the bachelorette. And what Bachelor in Paradise? So like, this is that. This is what it's gonna be for the rest of your life. I'm sorry, yeah. sir. Until you find the one, I should have done some recon earlier in the it, earlier it in the interaction. But it doesn't even, I don't think it matters. I think okay, she knows who you are. Who cares? Just are you vibing or not? That's all, at the end of the day, all that matters is are you vibing or not. Always wise, man. Always wise behind his beyond his years. But let's let's get back to some some bears talk before we uh, before we shut this thing down for the day. I, I mean, what do you think? Mike said some good stuff. This, this guy's a wealth of knowledge. And I mean, it's basically what we've been saying all year. Bears needs on the defensive side. He thinks they need an interior defensive edge. Those, that's where the value is going to be in this draft. I mean, the Bears in the draft, that's what you got to do. And they need wide. He thinks they need wide receiver help. I still think they need wide receiver help. He said it's not a deep wide receiver class. I don't think you're getting your wide receiver help. This in year, the draft, probably. The I, Bears like this. aren't going to get their wide receiver in the draft or free. The, the Bears' wide receiver core will not be what they want it to be this year. 
Yeah, but, but as we've seen, as we've seen with Justin Fields at quarterback, he makes he makes teams look a lot better on offense, even if they don't have necessarily all the skill problems. The problem is at the end of the game, you need your number one to be your number one. And I don't know that they have that guy. That they so that's concerning play. to think. Yeah, of course it's concerning, but, but we have time, but we have time. Um, Let's look, see, make it crazy. Ultimately, it's Ryan Pohl's job to figure that out. I think yeah. the draft is going to come easy for them because they have so many needs. If they want to trade back because somebody wants to trade up for somebody that on offense, whether that's uh, – um, although they need help on their offensive line as well, I think they're going to be in a, a great position when the offseason starts, through free agency and through also the draft. I think they're going to be in a great position. Yeah, I agree. And then the other thing is – that I that I like that Mike said is he thinks that Braxton Jones and, and Tevin Jenkins and Cody Whitehair are, are good staples. Braxton and Braxton and Tevin he thinks are long term pieces. So offensive line wise, he agrees with us. Center is a big need. Right tackle is a need. So we knock those two positions out in free agency. Or I mean maybe you get one in the draft, one in free agency. I feel like this offensive line can be a top 10 line next year with just a couple of pieces added. And you also got Lucas Patrick at center, who never got a chance to play center this year because he's playing guard because he broke his wrist. And that's a guy you paid to come play center. So I still want to see if this guy's better at center than he was at guard. And I think he will be. So then for me, you get a big-time right tackle, or maybe you switch Braxton to right and you get a big-time left tackle. I think this Bears offensive line isn't, isn't as far off as people think. I think next year, with one to maybe two additions, this will be a top 10 offensive line. Yeah, I think, and more importantly, I think it'll translate into a top 10 offense. That's the, the more important thing. Yeah. As long as Justin Fields over these last four games continues to develop the habits, passing wilds. Look, look, his receivers may not get the job done week in and week out over the last month of the season. But as long as he's making the right plays, in theory, you can put better receivers, uh, better pass catchers, we'll say, because tight end is a position too. And... They'll be dynamic. What you want is a dynamic offense. I think the Bears already have a dynamic offense with their above average, slightly above average offensive line, and their very average receiving core. They have a dynamic offense because Justin Fields is the engine that makes makes it go. I'm just w- wondering, really, is it going to be a situation where they take a big step forward next season, or are we still asking some of the same questions about Justin Fields when the season starts. Yeah. I think he, he hit the nail on the head, though, with the uh, Jalen Hurts deal. Uh, people were saying the same question, asking the same question about Hurts last year. And you're in Philly. Looks like you're in a jungle in Philly or something. You got this little uh, this plant behind you. But So my, my buddy, my buddy, he has um, he is a plant king. Not a plant daddy. You know you have plant daddies. He's yeah. a king. Like, he has plants everywhere. There's so many plants in here. It's 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 – it's tough to keep the these plants alive. I like a plant, he's but he's great like, at it. He's that's, that's what I'm saying. He is he is great hard. at it. If Poison Ivy had a kid, he would be Poison Ivy's kid. Like plants are hard to keep alive, man. You got to keep watering them. You got to make sure they get the sun. I mean, it's not easy. You go on a vacation, like you got to have somebody coming in and water your plants for you. Those things are goners. But Philly, you're out there in Philly, and Mike brought up a good plan. They were saying the same things about Jalen Hurts. So we're saying about Justin Fields, but obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts has, in my opinion, the best offensive line in the NFL, as well as a top five receiver and a top 15 receiver, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. 
in this league and a top five tight end. So you put all those things together. I don't think Fields is going to have that next year. I think he will be better. He'll have a better supporting cast. And he got a lot of money, but he's not going to he's not going to have the the weapons and the line that Hurts has. But I, I still think he can make a similar turnaround. Not that he's already done it, but he, he can make a similar change in his game, just like Jalen Hurts. We, now he's an MVP candidate. There, there's a possibility Jalen Hurts, after all the talk, is the MVP this year. Obviously, you got Pat Mahomes, but. You know, who else you got? Pat Mahomes just lost last week to Joe Burrow. Who Geno yeah, I think if, if Hurts I mean, continues throwing for and running for touchdowns at the rate he's doing it, he's going to be the MVP. You know, yeah. I just uh, he's he's having he's having that type of season. Um, as long as the, the Eagles are a one loss team, um, even with another loss, as long as he's putting up numbers, I think he's gonna be the MVP, which is fine. And it's kind of a blueprint for for the Bears and their young quarterback, Justin Fields. Look, look, Clay, I'm as optimistic as anyone that the Bears are going to be much, much better next year. But I still need them to prove it by getting dubs on the football yeah. field. Because everything we're talking about isn't there. I don't want them to get another dub this season, I'll be honest, which is tough. What? Because I, well, I mean, I mean, I do, but, like, what's that going to do for you? I want them to play well. And get that high draft pick, and then you play. What's the worst that. season you ever had as an NFL player? What's the worst record your team ever had? Bro, I played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so what was the worst season though? Four and four and twelve. Four and twelve. Four and twelve. That's yeah. bad, Clay. Yeah, I know. How did you feel after every loss? It was tough. It was tough to lose, man. What's the most? What's the most games in a row you've ever lost as a as a football player? I don't know off the top of my head, but it was definitely with the Jaguars. Okay, but look, they've lost six in a row. You really want them to lose 10 straight games to end they're the playing, season? First off, they're playing the Eagles. They're playing okay. the Bills. Okay. Maybe, maybe you beat the Lions, but I would like so, to see you beat the Lions. The Lions are a tough team. The Lions just smacked the Jaguars. The Lions are high. The Lions are high. The Lions are favored against the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings this week. They would have had like a five-game winning streak if they hadn't lost that Thanksgiving Day game. Absolutely. They're playing against some teams – we got the Lions, the Eagles, and the Bills with the Lions. People say the Lions. The Lions are hot, like you said. They're favored against the, the freaking Vikings. And the Bears got the Vikings, right? Yeah. It, so that's, four, that's how they end the season. This is four big games, good teams. What would you think? What would you think if the Bears rolled off four straight victories to end the year 4-0? How would you feel about that? That would make me think there are a lot better players on this team than I originally thought. <laughs> considering where the deep that happening <laughs> but look because look, listen because if that happens that means justin fields is playing out of his mind he's playing defense he, they're putting him in safety is the only way that's gonna that happen. means that means some guy you've got some guys you didn't think you had on defense yeah. in addition to your favorite jack sanborn all you need is jack sanborn baby let's go but yeah so i i think i mean I don't, I don't see many more victories for the Bears, but I think they're heading in the right direction. And just talking to a guy like Mike today, I mean, I think that gave you Bears fans, you listen to this, I think Mike gave us some, some good stuff. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. The guy's good. He's literally his job is football, anal, analyzing it, analyzing college. And a lot of the things that we think as Bear fans, Mike thinks as an analyst, big-time analyst for Pro Football Focus, the biggest, uh, the biggest site there is. So. 
And we want to give a, a shout out and a thank you to Mike Renner for coming on and talking football yeah. with us. Uh, next time we have him on, I'm, I'm going to have him tell more Bachelor stories, though. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you, Clay. Yeah, we're going to we have some fun. Some ones. more behind the scenes, because I know there's a lot to be talked about there. Uh, we appreciate Clay, as always, for sharing his stories off the podcast, what happens out there in those streets where he resides. Tough, uh, guys. Will some young woman please come take Clay out of these streets? That's, that's, that's my... That's my, my my Christmas wish for you, Clay. Is My New Year's resolution. <laughs> is what? What's your New Year's resolution? Find a girlfriend. I think he's been working on that for a couple of New Year's now. Uh, so for Clay Harbor, Marshall Harris saying thanks for joining us on this bi-week edition of the Bear Minimum Podcast. We will catch you next week as the Bears try to snap a uh, six-game losing streak. Ooh, stop saying that. What? It's the truth. Six-game losing streak. It's tough, man. Okay, well, we'll, hopefully we won't say seven-game losing streak, but we've got a couple of weeks before we figure that out. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Bare Minimum Podcast. Bear down.